0: Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2016. I hope you're having a great month. February kind of zipped by. Here we are in New York City. The weather's been unseasonably warm for this time of year, but nobody's complaining. Folks, we've got a great show tonight. Our special guest is a fellow by the name of Mark Stefanishin. And he's going to talk to us about uh, what he has developed called relationship minimalism. And he's a very interesting guy. And I'll get into his bio and everything before we bring him on. But we're going to talk about relationships. And if you want to uh, call in with some questions, because I think a lot of what Mark has to say is provocative and interesting and hopefully very helpful. Our number is 347-945-5834. 347-945-5834. Feel free to call in at any time, ask a question. So let's quickly, we'll do a little recap what's going on out there. Then I'll do my guys, guys guide, and then we'll bring Mark on. So uh, as I mentioned, it's been uh, seasonably warm here in New York. People don't know what to make of the winter. Is this global warming? Is this climate change? What's going on? But nobody's, as I mentioned, nobody's complaining because we like the warm weather. People are running around in t-shirts and stuff, you know, you always have that guy with flip-flops and shorts on, even if it's two degrees out here in New York city, there's always somebody, I guess in every big city or everywhere, there's always somebody who just is contrarian that way. But um, this year it doesn't matter because I've, I saw all kinds of people running around with t-shirts and shorts and running with no shirt on and stuff like that. And it's February and it's supposed to get even warmer tomorrow. They say it might hit 70 degrees and, same thing for Friday so wow let's enjoy it while we have it and figure out what happened uh with the with the climate what's created it you know interesting i've been watching uh this network Gaia TV it's on uh cable you can get it through Netflix and it's very interesting they've got a lot of shows on uh a lot of different new age t- type topics whether it be food uh yoga wellness disclosure of uh ETs and stuff like that and it's just the shows make you think. I'm not going to give an opinion one way or the other, but it, you know what's gotten to me? It, it triggered me because uh, the other day I was listening to one of the shows and they were talking about the election and Trump and Bernie and and kind of the elite who's running the show. And, you know, here in the States where you think anything can't get any crazier when we've got a president like Donald Trump, who's like, people are like, what? What did he do now? And it's almost Trump fatigue. I think people are like burned out. I mean, you, if you look at Facebook, half of the posts are about Trump, and that never happened before. Uh, that it got so political, and uh, it's we're in uncharted territory. But you, you wonder though. You wonder if if it's if he's just an outsider and but and then totally crazy, or if he's just an outsider. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Bernie. Is he an outsider also? And the kind of people who's ever running the show, did they want Hillary? Did they, did they, are they the intelligence community? Is that the, you know, is there a lot of power? There's a lot of power. And we don't know. I don't think, here's my point. I don't think we know the full story of what's going on. I think what we get is what we get. And there's other stuff. That's really the truth. And I think that's when you see stuff like with this guy Comey, with the FBI, and there was disclosures on uh, stuff about emails. And then he pulled it back and then he came back and then he pulled it back and being played out that we're not aware of. And uh, so it's hard to make an opinion like it's hard to know what to make of Trump because who who knows if he's just winging it or not. And what do the Republicans think? Or just they saying, hey, this guy's a distraction. We'll just push our agenda through. Is it the lobbyists running the show? How about all of those government agencies where it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat, those people never change. Are they the ones really in charge? How many security clearances are above the president? You know, it's really interesting. Uh, I don't think we really know the full full truth on everything. And uh, then everybody's so strapped in and. Working hard just to make ends meet that it's hard to take the time to kind of piece things through in your mind as to like what what is really going on? And then also you've got to look inside and say, how do I want to cope? Do I want to walk around full of fear and stress every day? Because if you look at the media, it's so fear based. I mean, I can't even watch the TV. I have certain shows I like to watch, but I can't w- watch when the with the, with the, the news they come out, with especially the local news. It's all these, fe- here's a new bacteria. Here's some, it's oh, it's always something horrible that can happen. Or here's all the murders or here's all the accidents or here's all the horrible things. And at the end, they, you know, they show you something sweet like here's a rust colored alligator who lived in a pipe all winter. But for the most part, there really, there's a lot of fear fostering. And I, I guess that's on purpose just to keep people cowering and just doing their thing. So, you have to decide how you want to live your life. You have to decide how you want to deal with what what's being uh, sent our way and I would just uh, suggest as your guy's guy representative here is to uh, not not take not not be chained to the TV set or your computer screen and uh, live from inside out and with that in mind, one of the things I'm going to talk about tonight before I bring mark out real quick, I'm going to do a quick overview on. The theme that I came up with, uh, which is going to be for my upcoming blog, which is about letting go and uh, how important it is. But first, just a quick review of kind of what the whole Guys Guys radio is all about and what the whole Guys Guys movement is all about. It all started. I wrote a novel called The Guys Guys Guide to Love. It's, a, it's like a romantic comedy, but it is about love and it is about something of substance. And it's, uh, it's about two men. They're in advertising. They're competing for love, sex, power, and money in New York City. And there's a lot of truth in it. And there's a lot of fun in the book, but there's a lot of truth in it. From there, we started Guys Guys Radio. We're up to about 210 podcasts. Every podcast is free. You can catch us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, um, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Uh, I would appreciate, if you want to help out, rate Review and subscribe to uh, Guys Guys Radio on iTunes. That makes a real big difference. Um, We're also on, uh, let's see, Stitcher, I said. um, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, and TuneIn Radio. YouTube, Robert Manny, author. Twitter, at Robert Manny. Facebook, Robert Manny, author. And my blog and the rest of all where I house all my Guys Guys platform with over 270 weekly blog post is at Robert Manny, dot com. So check us out there. And we're here to serve. It's about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Better men, better world. And, you know, me, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on a spiritual quest, but I'm a regular guy living a regular life. I'm doing the best I can. I'm bringing guests on from the relationship area, entertainment, wellness, spiritual experts all to help with our consciousness, help with our raising our frequency however we can, help us think and help us work on ourselves. So very quickly, this week's Guys, Guys Guide is about letting go. And it's a real quick story. I am one of these people who one of the lessons I've had to learn is about letting go. I've stayed in friendships too long. I've stayed in relationships too long. I've stayed tied into jobs and uh, too long. And also uh, just with things too long. And uh, I had something rubbed in my face to finally tell me for sure, this is your lesson. You have to learn to let go. And it's about an automobile. I bought this great Toyota 4Runner in the year 2000. And I've had it these 17 years. Now, majority of that time, I lived in New Jersey. And uh, I use the car all the time. And then uh, I have a place down the Jersey Shore, and I've housed the car down there. And I'm back in the city now. So I go down on weekends. And uh, But over time, I'm near the beach. The car underneath, you know, it's gotten rust. The engine's gotten rust. And over the past couple of years, even with very little mileage, the car has just created all kinds of problems and it's not the vehicle's fault. It's probably my fault because maybe I didn't do enough upkeep and then there's the weather, but things start rusting out. I had to replace the exhaust system, I had to replace fan belts. I had to replace the brakes, wheels, uh, the gas tank. And so I finally decided, okay, I got to move this car. It's just every time there's something happening And I decided I'm going to get it cleaned up and I'm going to sell it immediately. And just at the same time, I managed to my mom, who's very old now, and she's not driving anymore. So I made a deal with her. I purchased her. She has a a Lexus. And she's had it for a long time, too, and very few mileage, mileage on her car also. So I got the Lexus. Now I have two cars. I'm like, I'm not in a position I want to play two sets of insurance, have two vehicles, and I rarely even use one. So I'm like, I got to get rid of my car. And there's always something going on with it, the check engine light or whatever. So I said, I'm going to sell it. So I cleaned it up. I bring it to the the car wash, vacuumed it out, cleaned it up. And then I come down the next morning because I'm going to go out and sell this car. And there's a flat tire. There's a Phillips head screw in it. I can't get the tire off. I have to call roadside assistance because it was the bottle jack for the Toyota. I didn't trust it going in the middle of the car underneath. So I could only get the car so high. So I couldn't get the wheel off. And then it was somewhat rusted on there. But with the kindness of strangers, somebody lent me a pipe and I managed to get the lug nuts off after 17 years. Somehow I managed to get the spare tire dropped down from underneath the vehicle And I used it and it was fine. And then I I had to have this guy come from a towing service and help uh, use a power jack to uh, get the car up and then smash the wheel off with a big hammer. So I get it off, I get it fixed. And this guy leaves and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to take it to the dealership and I'm going to see if I can just cover the cost of the car I got from my mom. And sure enough, the battery's dead. I wave somebody down, I get a jump and then, The good news is I had the check engine light had been on and I was actually going to take it to a place where I get my car serviced, which is about 15 minutes away. So because the uh, battery went dead, the check engine light went away. So I'm like, this is a good thing. So I'm not going to do that. So uh, I went to the dealership and uh, he connected me to somebody. The dealer didn't want it, but he had a wholesale guy. The guy came out to my house with cash. He looked at the car. And all of a sudden I notice also underneath is kind of a damp spot right between where the two wheels are. I don't know what you call the axle somewhere there. He sees it and it's like dripping a little bit. I'm like, I can't believe it. Everything I do with this vehicle every day, there's something else, but he takes the car because I guess he has people who can work on it. And he, and off he went. And I, I talked to the car before I left it, let it go and said, you know, thank you for the service. I apologize if I didn't give upkeep you enough. You were a good servant. took us around me and my family and i really enjoyed being with you i know it's a car but it's this thing and i i just felt a connection to it and off it went but i realized with that little dripping that like you know what goodbye uh so i cut the cord there this is just this afternoon the guy paid me with a stack of 20s it was like something out of the sopranos uh and now i uh i've cut that and but that was when the light bulb went off and said you know what This lingering thing is because you haven't been very good at letting go. You spent too much of your time in relationships that didn't work. You stayed in jobs that you didn't like too long or wanted to go back to jobs after you had left. And and certain things that you've held on too long, like this vehicle. And I said, I get it. Thank you for the lesson. Now I've got it. I've got to be in the present more and make moves faster. And that's really the learning learn how to let go. And it's very freeing. And then, you know what I went and I got a whole bunch of, I've had documents dating back to like 1997 of old tax returns and receipts and all of that. And I decided, you know what, I have to lighten my load. So I got a big shredder. I've been shredding stuff, shredding stuff, shredding stuff. And it's like taking this huge weight off. So anyhow, I don't know how everybody else is out there. If you collect a lot of stuff and there's all this junk all the time, but good to like, just get rid of stuff. You can find somebody who wants it, great. If you have to throw stuff out, great. I mean, I have clothes that I've had for like 20, 20 years. Sometimes I wear them stuff all the time. It's the 80, 20 rule. You wear 80% of the 20% of the stuff, 80% of the time. So I put bags and bags and bags of stuff together to give away the donations. But the, the, the lesson is learn to let go. And it's in my, I do a meme every day on uh, Twitter and Facebook. And this today's meme was let go, learn to let go. All right. Let's get to my special guest, Mark Stefansian. I hope I pronounced that correctly, but I'm sure he'll tell me if I didn't. He's the founder of what he calls relationship minimalism. It's a simple system designed to reverse engineer the female body. That's an interesting concept in its own. Make a woman feel like the luckiest woman alive. I like that. There's no tantra, no communication skills required, just minimalistic tactics and ideas based on science to quickly update the skills that guys need to create long, loving, long-term relationships during this time of ambition, and ambitious and independent superwomen. Marks the host of the Millennial Man Relationship Podcast. I love the name of that, and he's been writing uh, quite a bit, and he's been featured on Mind Body Green, Goodman Project, Elephant Journal, and uh, he sounds like a real guys guys to me. So let's see if he can uh, help us out here. I'm going to bring him on now. Good evening, Mark. How are you? Good evening. How are you, Robert? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, your patience and hanging on. When I was doing my uh, beginning, I was traveling back and forth over the last couple of days dealing with, uh, I had to get rid of this vehicle. I was on a mission. And uh, after 17 years, you just part ways. And it took me a little over 20, about 48 hours to to do it, but it's all about letting go. But uh, welcome to the show. And, um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what was your motivation into getting into uh, the field uh, that you you're into now and becoming a relationship minimalist.
1: Yeah. My motivation was kind of, well, it's
0: like anybody really who ends up
1: creating anything, you know, you kind of are at a point in your life when things aren't going the way that you want them to. And, and then you seek to find a way to, you know, help yourself and make some change. Right. And, basically you know i got uh, i grew up in i i was a pretty nerdy kid pretty shy we moved around a lot when i was a kid that type of stuff and i found that in it was about my teens when you know you start getting interested in girls and all that type of stuff i realized really quickly that our culture has this really weird thing of of the way particularly young men, or young boys, I guess we should say, because we're talking high school here, the way that they were interacting with the girls, right? There's always that that pressure as a as a young male to, like, when are you going to have sex, you know what I mean? Like, And you're in mm-hmm. that relationship with that girl, and some of the guys are more pushy, some of the guys are more accepting, and there was just sort of a, a covert manipulation that felt, like, just throughout the whole thing, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that. So... The, the, the long story short is I, I've, I decided that I was going to figure out how how do you keep a woman happy in the long term or how do you, you know, how do you have a loving long term relationship? I, mm-hmm. I kind of grew up in learning the pickup scene and stuff like that. I don't know if uh, if you were around where, or well, I know you were around when that. I don't know if you were involved, but uh, that type of stuff. And, and yeah, it, it was just like this. I can't do it, you know, so I had to find another way. And, and this other way was kind of looking at how, how do we optimize long-term relationships
0: well let me pull, let's hold on for a second a couple of things one is um because i really uh, i'm fascinated by what you're doing so you're a, a millennial correct
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: okay and you're calling in you're from canada because i can tell the test a, from, uh, uh,
1: uh sorry i'm from canada yeah edmonton alberta canada
0: Oh, OK, great. I would love to go there. I've never been. I've been only to the uh, you know Toronto area, but I heard it's beautiful where you are. So uh, that's cool. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about, uh, you know, the two things. There's two points there. One is millennials and, and two is kind of the picking up women type of thing. So I always like to say that, you know, men are you know, there's never been a time where men were more free to be whoever they want. Yes, it's led, yet it's never been less clear who they really are. And you take men, the the wide range of men. You have millennials. They're kind of, and I I'm a big proponent of millennials. I know a lot of people. Uh, I'm a, I'm at the tail end of the boomers, um, but uh, and I know a lot of Gen X and the people don't like millennials. And I think they're wrong. I think millennials have been t- dealt a very very tough hand, and they're the future. And uh, I I have a lot of empathy for them and a lot of support for them. And I think they're really exploited and there's a lot of really good people. So that's number one. But I always like to say that, you know, the millennial guys are kind of caught because because women are getting their long overdue recognition. Not enough of it, just a little bit of it. But they're finally getting some recognition that men's role is kind of swirling around them, and that the little young guys are kind of caught between the MMA and manscaping, and it's really a tough place to be. And when I have women uh, relationship experts on the show uh, who deal with other women, they always say the toughest that their, their toughest challenge is when they're working with other women that the women are too kind of uh, alpha. Uh, for the guys. And the guys are like, not sure what their role is yet. The women want the men to be men, but you know, what is, what is today's man macho? You know, it's not about being a macho man where the woman is woman is in the kitchen and the bedroom and that's it. It's about, you know, a more casual relationship. You know, a man's man today is a guy's guy and that's emotional intelligence and uh, more you know, kind of free flowing and casual and respective of, of of women and then you've got older guys who are kind of they don't know what their role is because they've always been defined by their job and their paycheck and now a lot of them want to start kind of looking inside so it's a really fascinating time to be men so i guess the first part is tell tell us about your experience and how you see yourself and other millennials as millennials what is the perspective that we need to know about to understand millennials better
1: Hmm, that's a good question i don't i i appreciate the kind words that you have to say to my generation uh i'm concerned about us right I mean now it. i think that uh,
0: you know I mean it.
1: I, yeah um i think uh, and i'm i'm finding myself right away hesitant to speak for all millennials so i will speak as a millennial, as a millennial. And, yeah, fine. And, uh, and then we'll go from there i think that my, particularly if we think about the men in my generation, it's a really interesting time where my generation and below, so the, the young kids, or the Gen Z kids and whatever, we grew up in general in North America, in the Western society, we grew up alongside women who don't need us to be providers and protectors anymore. And that mm-hmm. is sort of a game-changing thing. I think your generation grew up alongside women who were Fighting that battle, right, and mm-hmm. kind of becoming free from that dynamic, and and it's an interesting thing because this dynamic of of male protector provider goes all the way back to you know the the animal kingdom, really, and we can we can kind of get to there in a bit if if you if you choose, but I'll just say that like as as millennial men, it's you know we were really. I can't remember I read it somewhere saying like you know millennial men were really raised by these feminist women and so we were really taught to have this kind of emotional integration and and be able to articulate our feelings and all that type of stuff and it's helpful in some ways but I think that in many ways it is starting to backfire because as you did say there are there are women out there in the workforce who've become very masculine and there's there's some confusion around how you deal with that. And, of course, in my system, there is certain solutions which, you know, we can talk about. But, but yeah, it is th- – there's been uh, a massive, massive change. And to anybody, millennial, Gen X, baby boomer, I don't care who you are, if you're a man and you're somewhat confused right now, it's totally okay. Like, it's, it's totally fine. This is a messy period of time. So, like – don't worry
0: we'll, we'll sort it out yeah that's that's interesting that you say that because I, I i i agree with you and it should be like that because things are changing so rapidly but i don't i, I know from all the women i've talked to that they they want men to be men and not macho again but this just they want like if it's a date thing they want guys to pay attention to say oh he knows that i like greek food so Uh, then he came up with an idea and he, he set up the date and he had this Greek restaurant that I hadn't been to yet that I had mentioned in passing. And that's where we're going to go. That's the, that's the optimal situation. If the guy sends a text, like, do you want to hang out and order some, you know, doesn't even mention Greek food, like let's order in some Mexican. That's when the, you know, the woman's going to take over and start dictating, like, here's what I want to do. And then before you know it, the guy kind of starts slacking. And, uh, I think one of the traps for young guys is they can because of technology they can fall into this trap of just texting and hanging out and keeping everything so casual that they're going to miss out on uh, a loving relationship and uh, a real relationship because they're keeping it so cash that they're not making a real connection and a lot of it is with the texting and there's not even phone calls it's like texting to go out then then you're spending the face time and you had mentioned, you know, uh, maybe I'm from the kind of the pickup generation. Yeah, I'm actually from the generation where you would walk up to a woman in a bar and say, hi, my name's Lou, can I buy you a drink? And you know what? That was a good thing because that made guys step up. You had to step mm-hmm. up. You had to like pitch yourself in a way that's not salesy, but you had to like be you and be be exposed to rejection versus nowadays uh, you know, you can sit at your computer in your tidy whities and, you know, make connections with hot women. And who knows what's going to happen when you meet face-to-face, but you can definitely connect with a lot of hot women. Now, I'm not saying that as a negative, but with every generation comes traps and pitfalls. And I think part of the situation now has be, been uh, developed because guys have fallen into some of these, uh, driven off the road a little bit, and women have kept marching forward. What are your thoughts on that, Mark?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think everything you say is valid. Obviously, it it totally makes sense. I think that to kind of like distill like what's going on here, like you say, you know, the they do as as sort of driven and ambitious as they may become, they still have this need to uh, trust. And, and of course, I'm speaking very generally here, but there's still generally an, a, a desire to trust in a male lead, right, mm-hmm. of some kind and if she has to take over that it's not long before she is no longer happy with that and it's a it's a tightrope because our, like specifically again speaking as a as a millennial you know i was gr- i was grown up being taught very clearly that you know you don't speak uh in a, like you know you don't put women down you don't belittle them right like treat them as equals there's this this treating as equals thing or has uh taken almost like a, it's almost been taken a little bit too far in that we're treating, we're, we're so concerned about uh, not offending her that now we're afraid to make decisions, right? And that's kind of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's causing some problems. But uh, are you familiar with Joseph Campbell? Yes,
0: yeah, sure. Myth.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So in the, um, I can't remember which one specifically, there was a myth. Uh, a myth of time. Or, uh, I don't want to say it. There, there was, he was talking about Jane Goodall's chimps and mm-hmm. basically, uh, are you, are you familiar with that lesson? Do you remember that? Uh,
0: you know what? Uh, I read the book, the power of myth, but I, I'd have to be referenced on something. I I'd specific, okay. specifically off the top of my head. I don't uh, recall that one, but I'd love to hear more about it. Okay, cool.
1: Well, Joseph, as as you know, and anybody who's not familiar with this guy, basically what he did back in, I think it was like the 30s even, like, he, you know, he's since passed and uh, he kind of was, my understanding is one of the first guys to look at all religions of the world and say, what's yeah. the same here, rather than what's different, because I, I would imagine a pretty radical notion at that time. And the, the point that I'm quite interested in as far as male-female dynamics go is that, he was talking about these chimps and Jane Goodall's chimps and he basically came up with two main sentences that kind of, you know, in in the Joseph Campbell way, cut to like the core of what's going on here, right? So when he was talking about men, he said something like, the function of the male in society is to prepare and maintain a field so that the female can bring forth life, right? Now, he Mm -hmm. kind of in a different way, but that basically means your job is to set up the perimeter so that the female can have kids, right? And and we're kind of men are naturally placed in this protector domain, right? And then for the women, you know, it, it, the quote is actually funny because he says up until very recently, the function of the female in the society has been to the service and of the, and maintenance of life, right? And that's just the, mm-hmm. the poetic way to her job is to have kids, right? So this this archetype here of male as pre- protector-provider, female as center and, and the, the continuation of existence, this is extremely powerful stuff that goes back the, all the way to the animal kingdom. And it seems to me, you know, like I, I'm not saying in any way that it's not appropriate for women to work or anything like that, but we have to understand that this dynamic, like the, the way I think of it is just because that my generation of women grew up never needing a man doesn't mean that the the female body has had thousands upon thousands of years biologically adapting to the presence of a safe male, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's super important to understand because just because she doesn't need a man doesn't mean that her body isn't screaming for, where's the man that's going to protect me, right? And so when you when you mention these things of like, you know, you want the man to, or, or she wants the man to take her out for Greek food or, you know, notice her hair, or all that type of stuff. You can think of that as, a, as an animalistic nervous system style expression of wanting to know that she's safe, loved, and cared for, right? And when you get this uh, Tinder style ambivalence, all of a sudden she doesn't feel safe, special, and cared for, and that's when the major problem happens because the female body says is this man going to be able to protect me, yes or no? And the
0: answer is, I don't
1: know. And that causes a lot of problems.
0: Okay, that's a, an interesting. Let's. I want to get into that. Let's just take one quick sidebar. You know, I think what you're talking about, have been talking about, is about the uh, historical importance of the patriarchal society. And, um, you know, I think that's why, Donald Trump got elected because there's a lot of older people who are like, they don't like all these changes. And they're like, you know, we want like a guy who speaks his mind and he's very blunt and he tells it like it is, or tells them what they want to hear, whatever, but he represents like make America great again. Like it used to be great. And then what happened? You know, if you think back, think back where we were, not everything was so great. Um, And there's been a lot of progress in a lot of areas. So I, I think that, there are a lot of people trying to hold on to that patriarchal society but I think we're moving into a more feminine time and for men men have to learn how to cope with and be comforted by and comfortable with their feminine side and I think that's kind of where you're coming from is that right Mark
1: Yeah well here's and and you know you have you've touched on the exact thing is that times have changed right but mm-hmm. the great thing about this kind of model is that it actually scales in a very interesting way. So initially, you know, you had, uh, you were the protector, you had, you know, your stone axe, and your job was to make sure the bears didn't invade, right? But now this is, uh, once a woman can provide for herself, right, once she lives in, in this amazing culture that we have, and she can support herself, she doesn't need to worry physically about which man is going to be able to provide me a house for my kids, right? Like she can take mm-hmm. care of that on her own. And many women are doing a better job of that than, man, than men mm-hmm. now, right? True. So mm-hmm. in fact, it, it upgrades. So you, if you think of Maslow's pyramid of needs, it, she actually moves up the pyramid of needs. She's taking care of her physical needs. And now there's sort of this emotional component or this emotional, uh, the prioritization of emotional needs, right? If we go back uh, to what you're calling the patriarchy society, those women didn't have a chance to be in a relationship with a man and say, am I seen enough? Am I cared? Am I loved? You know, does he really get who I am? You know, these types of questions weren't. she didn't have the ability to ask them because she needed to make sure she stayed alive and her kids stayed alive, but now she does. And so now men have to adapt and understand that it's not just about the... The way I put it is like this. You used to provide... uh, Men used to provide the house, right? Now the house that you're providing is... You can imagine it as like a 20-foot bubble all around you and how she feels when she's in that bubble of yours is Mm -hmm. her determining what kind of house she's being provided. It's an emotional house now.
0: Okay, that's fair. T- t- let's tie this all together. I mean, you have a lot of big concepts and uh, a, a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, for guys, the takeaway needs to be, uh, you know, how do I develop long term relationships and have sexually, you know, have my woman, you know, s- sexually available <laughs> and aroused whenever I want almost. And I'm not saying that in a uh in a a negative way or a creepy way. I mean, I think what you're suggesting is there's a way uh, in your minimalist relationship, minimalism to have a woman be uh, in a comfortable situation. So she's going to want to have sex with you all the time. And I say that is a good thing. And it's not being gratuitous or objectifying women or anything like that. Uh, And even in your website, you talk about how you get different texts from women now versus what you used to get because they're very comfortable sexually and you weren't sure at the beginning if, if they were, but now you see that they are. And if you make them feel right emotionally as well as physically, then they're going to be all in at all times. So uh, am I on the right track there? And why don't you take it for a little bit and just kind of uh, land the helicopter. We're flying here together.
1: Yeah, that's, that's all fair. And and I don't think that it's it's necessary for us as men to apologize for the fact that, you know, we want to have sex. And and in a, especially in a long term relationship, when you've made that commitment to be like, you know, her and I were together and, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a man being like, hey, I, you know, in my long term relationship with my wife or with my girlfriend, I would like to be able to have sex. There's nothing uh, like that's That's a fine. Uh, th- that's that's fine now the the difficulty comes with the the misunderstanding of how the female body works within that, because we all know that, according to the experts, you know sexual passion is it's supposed to naturally fade over time because of a lack of uh, novelty and and you know there's lots of this information about danger and desire being the uh or like yeah novelty and and this sort of yeah danger and desire is kind of what's driving arousal, and so when you're with a familiar partner for you know, 10 years, things are naturally supposed to fade off. And, and I really see my system much more than anything else is very concerned with how does the female body work? Because if we understand how the female body works, we can interact with it in a way that makes it better for everybody. Right? So, Men want to have sex with their wife, well, then they better know how to have sex with their wife in a way that makes her want to have sex
0: more often mm-hmm. too right, All right. bring it bring it mark Let, yeah. I think a lot of guys want to know that because a lot of guys okay, I cool. think who are married, they don't talk about sex anymore, and I don't know if the from what the last the last survey I heard about, which was on the radio the other day, was that married couples, half of them aren't having any sex yeah,
1: yeah. So,
0: and
1: that's sad. It, it is sad. It really is sad. And it's and, and what's sad is that uh, our culture continually misrepresents women and how their their bodies work and, and expect them to behave like little men. And they aren't little men. They're women, <laughs> and they're subject to very different things. Uh, very different hormonal swings and all that type of stuff, and this information needs to be clear so let 's do it right now so in the beginning of a, in in the beginning of a relationship we're just we have to start there because there's a change that doesn't necessarily happen with men so in the beginning of a relationship a, when a woman is having sex with a new partner there's an element of danger there because she can't be certain if this man is going to respect her boundaries if he 's going to say no if, or he, if he 's going to stop when she says no. And there's, there's um, a lot of, we'll say, like just general physical concerns, right? She, she could get raped. She could get pregnant. She could uh, get a disease of some kind, right? There's a lot of stuff going on for the female body to be concerned about. Now, at the same time, this new partner is very excited and or very interesting because it's a new partner. And, you know, she's got her selection process that's hopefully going to, you know, make mm-hmm. sure that she stays safe. But this is, this is a scary time. And so, what this does, it's it's the equivalent of drinking a hypersexual jet fuel that gets her hyper aroused super fast. So, in the beginning yes. of a relationship, Ooh, sorry,
0: got a <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, that I like out. that. I like that hyper sex fuel. Yeah, good. Yes,
1: yes. So this is this is a hyper jet. Like, like, yeah, it, you have to understand that this is like a turbo. Th- this is turbocharged <laughs> female sexuality. <laughs> and, I love it. And. So what happens over time, though, is that, you know, and so the beginning of a relationship, sex is great, everything's awesome, everyone's feeling good, yay. But over time, as the, as the partner has become more familiar, things start to change. And what people don't understand is this change. So basically there was research done by a woman named Rosemary Basson who looked at the, how, do, how does female arousal actually work? Because we've got this sort of, um, th- this Masters and Johnson paradigm from the 1960s, which is how most, uh, most couples are thinking about how sex works and it's just kind of like arousal and then you, you get to the peak level of arousal and then there's an orgasm and then there's a refractory period, right? Like it's a super clear thing, but female arousal doesn't work like that in the long term. The important thing, the, the most important thing to understand, so now you're familiar, now that danger element is gone What actually turns the female body on is what scientists call emotional intimacy. Now, what that means in English is love, right? So the generator for arousal in a woman's body in a long-term relationship is feeling loved, special, and cared for. That's very different than you or me as guys kind of looking over and seeing, you know, our girlfriend or wife and she's naked and we're like, awesome good to go right not mm-hmm. quite the same for women they need to have an environment in which they feel very cared for and then the the key component here i know i've been i'll just finish this up and then <laughs> and then I'll, okay so, the key component here to understand the uh, nonlinear sexual arousal is what it's called. Rosemary Basson, nonlinear sexual arousal. You can look it up if you want. It's super confusing because it wasn't made for n- normal people, it was made for um, psychiatrists. But the basic, the, the key principle we need to understand here is this idea of what I call ping ponging. So, the idea is that she feels loved for some reason or another and that gets her a little bit turned on and then she feels loved again and then a little bit turned on again so the idea goes like this oh he noticed I cut my hair and he said that he likes it oh that's kind of hot because he noticed me right and he cares for me and then oh he left me the last piece of dessert oh he cares about me kind of hot and they go back and forth like this over and over again like Throughout the day, right? And, and so this idea of feeling loved and then getting a little bit turned on, that's how the female arousal system works in a long-term relationship. So you sometimes hear these experts uh, say things like, I don't know if you've ever heard, especially women, they'll say sex doesn't only happen in the bedroom. Have you heard mm-hmm. that before? Yeah. So the idea... Uh, on, on the what,
0: kitchen table occasionally and... Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah. But the general idea what we need to understand as men when we're dealing with the female body is that because of this connection between feeling loved and sexual arousal, what that it's as a guy, I think it's more helpful to understand to say something like she's always in the bedroom and constantly deciding whether or not she wants to play based on how special loved and cared for she feels. Right? So that's Mm -hmm. kind of how it works. And, there's a few different ways we can go from here. So I will, uh, so I guess any questions or does that make sense?
0: No, that makes sense. Let's, uh, let's just flip the switch for a second and talk about guys because, you know, as I'm listening to what you're saying and I agree, women are much more complicated that way. I mean, they're, they're wired differently than guys, you know, for guys, it's like, they see a picture and it's like, I want that boing. And it's, you know, good to go. Um, when -hmm. guys get to thinking too much about all of that stuff, it gets in the way, I think. And, um, so, you know, I guess for men and let's talk a little bit about what men need to do. I think they've got to be paying attention, uh, to, to the woman a little bit more instead of paying attention to themselves, which is what we're really good at, um, but paying attention to the woman. And uh, I, I, I agree with you. I know on your one sheet or your relationship minimalism uh, kind of uh, summary that you talk about always giving the woman a hug every day. And I do that. And I got to tell you, it makes a huge difference. I'm glad I read that you you're suggesting that, but just in general, how do, how do, how does today's male um, kind of balance the, Paying attention to the woman and rubbing her feet during Netflix and all that stuff and uh, making sure that she feels that she's loved and all of that versus his more primal desires of wanting just to see her dressed up in, you know, in black lingerie or whatever it is that he likes. And you know that guys are pretty simple sexually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, everybody's got their thing, but I mean, visually guys get turned on visually without a doubt. Amongst other ways, yeah, but absolutely. definitely visual is part of it. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think you've said anything that you know any guy doesn't know is true <laughs> it's down deep down, right? And of right. course, we are speaking generally here, and there's medical conditions. There's a reason whatever, all that point, think, There's
0: a reason so much porn is watched online. Yeah,
1: yeah. So as far as so, I'm I'm probably going to give a, a somewhat challenging answer here, and and that's fine you know you, you take take what you want from this but uh, as far as if i'm asked like what where's the balance between making her feel you know loved and whatever so that she's so that she's interested in sex and then where's the where's the balance between that and the guy's needs i really don't think that there is a balance i think that as as men we need to go all in on our women's needs and i say that with the caveat that at some so I am like I'd, I care very little for my needs in the relationship because I understand that by I understand that I'm with a woman that is incredible and that I love very much and so therefore by me kind of going all in and and sort of being solely focused on her needs first I've mm-hmm. always found that that has turned out very well in my favor and that's as true as it is for the sort of relational love aspects of things and sexually. In fact, I would say that if you want your needs met as a man, because yes, we can look at the, the naked woman and be like, okay, I'm ready to go. But at the same time, there's, you know, we're speaking very candidly here. There's probably guys going to uh, want that woman to be like, you know, get a little bit wild, right? Get a little bit uh, out of control, right? That's where the fun comes, mm-hmm. right? When uh, she really brings the heat. Right. And she can't bring the heat until she's until her body has li- literally shifted gears and turned in like the arousal process takes longer. Right. So that's why I really advocate for uh, physical touch. Right. So you talked about the hug, you know, this sort of uh, foot rubs, any type of physical touch is the, it's your fastest, directest way to interact with the female nervous system and release, you know, the hormones oxytocin and dopamine and all that type of stuff. You can't do it any faster than through touch. So the basic idea here is, uh, you know, take her, care of her needs first. And if you're with that amazing woman, you know, she's chances are she's been socially conditioned to be very. Uh, like have have reciprocity or you know want Mm -hmm. to return the faith that's how women generally are right now the only real caveat here is you know if you're a woman who is somewhat of a black hole where you're giving 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 and getting nothing back but largely i would say that that's sort of a, a separate discussion and that's the point where i wouldn't i wouldn't advocate for a man to uh sink all of this energy into a black hole that has a history of not being uh, returned, right? So it's like, give everything you have, and then uh, if giving everything you have meets your needs back, awesome. Give everything you have until you can't, until the point when you don't have anything left to give. If you don't have anything left
0: to give, then that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. You also, Mark, um, you talk about, um, this is an interesting concept also on your website, about one of the topics you have is why date nights, I'm just paraphrasing here, are not kind of optimal for improving a relationship. That's prerogative. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I'm coming at this stuff from a very minimalistic thing, right? Like I'm trying to drill down to, the, to get to the root of these issues because, you know, men and women are confused by each other. So here's the basic idea. If we're looking at this from minimalism, and, and I'm heavily influenced by Tim Ferriss, I'm sure you've heard of him, and, and this idea of learning, how do you learn a skill set as fast as possible, right? And so this idea of learning how to learn. And so that's where I'm I'm drawing a lot of my philosophy from. And so date nights they're fine. Like I don't want to I don't want to come across as somebody who says don't do date nights, but if we look at date nights As uh, just as an activity, right? You've got to figure out the thing, like what are we going to do? You have to look at the schedules to make sure that we can go. You might have to get a kid, or a babysitter. Uh, You have to arrange how you're going to get there and back. Like There's a massive amount of planning to get this one to, let's say, two and a half, three hour event off the ground, right? And if we couple that with the reality of relationships today, which is Dual income family, burnt out, working too hard, you know, dealing with children, you know, maybe building a side business. Like, we are Mm -hmm. tapped out. And the problem, so the problem with using date nights as the foundation of a relationship is because, you know, I I talked with a couple actually who, who does go on date nights and makes an effort. And that's awesome. But I said, how often do you get to go? She said, oh, maybe once or twice every couple of months. And that's just not enough time spent together to really feel loved, cared for, connected when you're dealing with all of this other insane lifestyle choices that we've made, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm coming from is it's a high investment activity. And then at the same point, if you're tired, if you're burnt out, you know, that's when men and women can start to bicker. Right. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, you're driving and the traffic's bad. So you get mad and honk your horn. And she's like, don't do that. And then, you know, before Mm -hmm. you know it, that that night of love can blow up super fast. Right. So I'm not saying don't do date nights, but as the foundation, it's it's very cost inefficient, and you can't systematize it too much, right? You've got to keep it fresh, got to go new places, and that forces this constant uh, reinvestment of, of what I call admin time. Whereas something like physical touch, you can do that all day, every day, no cost, not, like it's ready to go, right? So all everything for me is pointing back to the man's hands because that's the that's the minimalistic way to make the the female body feel loved. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, great answer. Um, Real quick, let's do a couple more questions and then we'll wrap. You can give you a few minutes to riff if you want to go further on your, uh, uh, excuse me, the uh, relationship minimalism one pager. I think you I think you kind of hit most of the high notes. But um, what do you think that women are doing wrong today?
1: I think that what what women are. I think that women are. Start, some women, I've noticed, are starting to associate femininity with weakness, and I think mm-hmm. that that is very unfortunate, and I think that's very sad. I think women kind of entered into the, you know, my my parents' generation, they entered into the workforce, which was a masculine thing, and so they had to adopt a lot of masculine traits, and in, just in order to survive, and just in order to be justified in being there, right? And so there's become this association of like, oh, well, I don't want him to walk me home because that's weak. Right, and like no, it's not weak, like as you know as we go back again to this male female protector provider animal thing, that 's quite normal for your body to want that, and there's nothing wrong with that, and at the same time, if you allow the man the opportunity to do that, he feels like a king, like he feels so happy that he can do something for you, so I think that there's there's uh yeah I, it it really saddens me when. When women start to associate their natural femininity with with weakness or any anything negative, because like I love women uh, more <laughs> perhaps more than anything in this world, and uh, yeah, so to see this sort of stamping down of of what naturally we we've come to associate with women is it, it's it's sometimes sad to see, and it causes a lot of a lot of problems down the line between men and women as well. So yeah, that's that's okay. what I would.
0: Say. Let me ask you a a different question about uh, men because uh, you're an evolved guy. I know you do uh, teach them yoga and uh, uh, massage therapy and uh, lots of other stuff. And you're very much in recognition of women and all the achievements uh, that they've had and, and are continuing to have and how they have not probably been treated with the respect that they deserve. Now for men, coming at things the way, you know, from your angle, what, what can, what advice do you have for men? Ha, ha, dealing with all of this stuff. I mean, not everybody, not every guy is like you who's going to say, I'm going to do everything for the woman to put her needs first. And, and you know, she gets a hundred percent and I get zero unless she's a black hole. I mean, and I'll get it all back. Guys aren't currently, you're a very evolved guy and most guys are, not wired that much wired that way yet. And we need change and we need evolution. We need, we need desperately need rewiring, but for the guy who wants to do better right now and is open to the knowledge, the self-knowledge that, man, I've been probably doing it wrong. I've got to do things better. If I want to really connect with women in today's culture, what are some simple steps that guys can take?
1: Are these men with a woman already or are they single?
0: Uh, Single. Let's say single. Okay. Because I think you covered, you know, if you're in a relationship, you got to have the power of touch. You have to put your woman's needs first. And I think it's easier to do. It's not easier, but if you're in the relationship, it's more, you know, your, your object of your desire is right in front of you all the time. Whereas if you're not in a relationship and you're like, why am I not connecting? those guys. And there's a lot of them out there. And some of them say, screw it. I'm watching a hockey game. I'm watching the Canucks tonight. And, uh, and I'm going to drink Labatt's and I'm going to be with the guys and we're going to we'll talk about our fantasy teams. And they just say the hell with it. And, uh, and then they go home and look at porn or whatever. How, how do we get guys to be more in touch with who they really are and be willing to, take the necessary steps to be more evolved man. Okay. Give me one moment
1: here. Let me think about this. So we're, we're now talking about how do we get men to sort of start what, what we'll just generally call like a waking up process.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, how do we, how, because you're an evolved guy, how can we, what would be your advice? Some words of wisdom, to guys who are single and want to be in a relationship and i may be feeling that you know the way things are set up is disconcerting because of the you know the roles have shifted and they're not sure who they are and then a lot of them just say the hell with it and they hang around with a bunch of guys and they objectify women and i think it's a huge problem and it's out there and it's staring us in the face and you can see all the you know Uh, the mistreatment the use calling women hoes and this and that. I never heard that when I was growing up, we weren't like that. Uh, It seems like now it's like you're either super sensitive to women or not at all. And there's gotta be, there's gotta be a way to help the guys who aren't getting any to be in a position where they're evolving and they're feeling better about themselves and also become more attractive to women.
1: Yeah, okay. So there's a few things that kind of come up for me. I think that what I want to start by saying is that in order to really kind of, you know, a, a, as I mentioned, you know, she the, the women aren't looking for your physical provider capabilities anymore. They got their own jobs. So now, you know, they're starting to prioritize these emotional needs and then on top of that, they're starting to uh really like I don't I I'm sure that you've noticed this as well, but any woman who gets Any level of of accomplishment in life, you know, those super attractive, ambitious ones that are, you know, running businesses or doing whatever, they get very, like, they rocket up Maslow's Pyramid and, and into spiritual quests very quickly, right? So questions like, who am I and why am I here are on her, like, those are her priorities, right? Like. What was I put on this earth to do?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm uh, halfway there because I think a lot of people, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think a lot of okay. people who go up that, they go up too quickly and they think, oh, you know, this, listen, there's a lot of people who do yoga and you know this as well as I do because my <laughs> wife, she teaches yoga teachers. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of phony yoga people. Uh, there's a lot of great oh, yeah, yoga people, sure. but there's a lot of people who are competitive. And uh, yoga is not about being competitive and it's not about physical strength really, even though it teaches you that it's more about the breathing and the relaxation. You know, the real, real yoga is, 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 is more internal than it is external. But a lot of people have taken yoga now. I'm, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but they've made it into this competitive sport about who's your teacher in this and that. And it's, that's not, so there's a lot of people who, who run up to this, you know, the area of spirituality, but really they're not, that, that's, they're not there yet.
1: Yeah, totally, totally fair. Uh, at at the same time, you know, whether they're whether they are uh, genuinely accomplishing the things that they're setting out to do or not mm-hmm. is, uh, to me, somewhat separate than the fact that they are asking the questions and the questions can certainly be asked in a skewed way but Mm -hmm. especially for women I just haven't found any who have become high achievers and who are not deeply thinking about what they're why they exist I just Mm -hmm. haven't uh, I haven't seen much of that right so that's kind of uh, what I'm thinking of here and so when that becomes the kind like if that's the type of woman that that you're interested in or, you know, if you want to start to play at that level, I think that, you know, if we're going to define me as as an evolved guy, uh, I would say that one of the biggest catalysts for me was, you know, like learn how to make some kind of art. And I think that this act of like creating whatever you want to create, I think that that does wonders for like, not only giving you like a passion and, and a reason to like get super excited about something, because that's what these women are really interested in. Is you know they don't they, if they don't need you for their house, then they're certainly again, and they're interested in how do they feel when, when you're around them. Then all of a sudden, if you're very excited about certain things that are going on in your life beyond just the sports and the bars and the you know all, you know all that other that other stuff. That can open up doors for you very quickly, and at Mm -hmm. the same time, if you're going to take it further with the art, there and and try to like you know because what I'm pulling on here is that I used to be heavily involved in writing music for uh, well over 10 years of my life to the point where like that's what I was doing, and I was making a very serious effort towards creating uh, music that people beyond my friends and family would like, and That discipline of self-honesty, I think, is super, super important when you can, you know, when you whatever you create, you finish for the night, you go go home, sleep on it, come back. And to have the courage to look at that thing that you've created honestly and say, you know what, it's not good enough. I need to start over that courage of, you, you know, do that for a year or two and you'll be, you'll be surprised. <laughs> you'll be surprised how it affects the rest of your life. You know, that, that, that uh, I think that that confronts, like, so that, that brutal self-honesty, I think that's really the, that's sort of the golden key that'll unlock anything in your life, whether it's, you know, wanting uh, new passions in life, whether it's wanting to attract a, a new woman of some kind, like that's, you know, finding ways to have experience that force you to experience to have brutal self-honesty is uh, one of
0: the keys that I at least found was very beneficial for me. No, oh, that's a fantastic Does that kind of per- answer question. Yeah, of course. I mean, your answer is your answer, but yeah, that's a great answer. And uh, I, I know it's, it's really for a guy to find a passion and to be able to express it will help him be a uh, kind of a, a more interesting person and probably it's probably be help the guy for himself and also make him more interesting to women because a woman was going to be turned on by the fact that like he's passionate about this and he's expressing something that's and putting the honesty, putting himself out there. That's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I would definitely agree. So Mark, we're kind of wrapping up here. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for being our guest on guys, guys radio. Please tell our uh, listeners where they can find out more about you and your services and anything else you want to add to that.
1: You can go to markstefinition.com, which is M A R K s-t-e-f-a-n-i-s-h-y-n and there's a list of like you know my own kind of episodes where i go deeper into some of the concepts we talked about today again it's it's all about how does this female body work so that we can figure out the best ways to interact with the system it's you know very much uh the the female body is kind of like uh you know the 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 Whatever was, you know, behind the curtain and the Wizard of Oz pulling the strings, like yeah. that's what's defining the quality of your relationship is the female body. And neither men nor women have a clear grasp of how this thing works. And so <laughs> that's why things seem so confusing. Uh, so that's what, so very much talking exclusively on, how, yeah, how does this thing work? So, so, yeah, the website's MarksDefinition.com. You can email me. That's the best way because... Like Twitter, like as as anyone who's just listened this far, I don't do well with 140 characters. So, uh, <laughs> Mark Mark at MarxDefinition dot com is the the best way to reach out to me. And yeah, that that's kind of it. If uh, if anybody's super gung ho about what they heard, uh, you can go to MarxDefinition dot com slash GGR for Guys Guys Radio, uh, and I'll send this uh, relationship minimalism one pager, which. Uh Robert has kind of alluded to here it's It was my attempt to take Tim Ferris's idea around you know okay mm-hmm. rapid learning let 's put the the most important pieces on a single page so that you don't have to go back through you know five different audio episodes and all that type of stuff. Can we do that for a long term relationship and uh that was that was my attempt was to look at the key things and get them all right there for you as a reference so yeah uh you can get that
0: com slash ggr excellent well listen mark you're a fascinating guy you've been an interesting guest i was listening with rapt attention i always do but i just i had listened really more than closer than i usually listen if that's possible because you you do talk about some concepts that do require some some more than surface thinking and i applaud you for that and uh and i i i'm glad you're doing what you're doing and i hope you keep doing the work you're doing because you're coming at it from a different angle i totally am respectful and agree with a lot a lot of what you're saying and the the fact that you respect women so much and i think it's wonderful so keep up the good work thanks for being on guys guys radio and let's uh let's do it again sometime
1: absolutely you let me know the time and thank you so much I, that that's such nice things to say and i really appreciate it and And yeah, I'm not like, there's nothing else to do in this world right now. Like, you know, this is, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) So
0: you let me know (laughs) when you
1: want to talk again.
0: You got it. All right. Be well, Mark. And it was a pleasure talking to you this evening. And uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. All right, folks. That's our show tonight. We kept going because uh, our guest was so fascinating. uh, And, Mark. Stefanischen, and I was saying his name, pronouncing his name wrong half the time, so I apologize for that, but he's certainly a provocative, interesting guy, and uh, I highly recommend that you check him out. Um, Next week, our guest is another relationship expert. I'm doing a a solid month uh, I want to do four relationship experts in a row so we get a lot of different angles and then we'll move into some other type guests but Dawn Michelle is our guest next week and uh, she has an interesting angle uh, about sex and relationships so uh, we're looking forward to that in the meantime uh, consider what I was saying earlier in the podcast about learning to let go it's a lesson you know you never know when a lesson's going to get through to you but it's taken me all these years and it all came to a head today When I saw my vehicle being driven away, I'm like, you know what? This is about letting go. I have been given this same issue over and over again until I got it right. And maybe now I've broken through and have got it right. And I think that's what karma and that's what life can do. They keep throwing that same lesson at you until you get the check mark. And maybe it's as simple as that. And then we move up. We raise our frequency, our vibration. We can like let go and go on to other things. So at least that's what I learned. So I'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted on that. Until then, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being with you again next week. I hope you have a great remainder of the week and a super weekend. And remember, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.